Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, a shot of hope. New infections and coronavirus hospitalizations are down as vaccinations continue to ramp up. Get this, almost 60% of Americans 65 and older have already gotten at least one dose. The lowest level of deaths since the fall, great news, indicating the third wave is over. But there's still a long way to go, as many wait for their turn to get their shot. Why the CDC is now saying those who are obese should be prioritized. More mild side effects, aches, chills, fevers. Nothing compared to getting COVID, but why are women experiencing more side effects than men after getting a shot? Her Majesty breaks her silence. Tonight, what Queen Elizabeth is saying after the bombshell Meghan and Harry interview. FBI manhunt. New security footage of the person suspected of placing pipe bombs in the nation's capital ahead of the Capitol riot. The $100,000 reward. COVID relief plan. Could the new tax credit help 10 million children currently living in poverty? George Floyd murder trial. Jury selection begins in the trial of ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. Pandemic prediction. We speak to a Harvard epidemiologist who predicted the severity of the coronavirus outbreak. His projection tonight for the rest of the crisis. And we'll introduce you to Officer L.C. Buckshot Smith. Still on the beat at 91 years old. You won't want to miss this one. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with some new warnings and some signs of progress in the fight against coronavirus just hours before Texas will fully reopen its businesses and end its statewide mask mandate. Tonight, there are concerns that one of those highly contagious variants of the virus is spreading rapidly in that state. Houston's health department says new tests of the city's wastewater now show ongoing and uncontrolled community spread of the U.K. variant. That news comes as more states are joining Texas, loosening restrictions as the rate of new infections continues to decline nationwide. Well, tonight, the number of hospitalizations for the virus have dropped, too, down to a level not seen since October. And as we come on the air, more than 32 million Americans have now been fully vaccinated as states expand who is eligible to get a shot. Meantime, here in Washington, the U.S. House is expected to pass that nearly $2 trillion COVID relief bill as soon as tomorrow morning, clearing the final hurdle before President Biden signs it into law. We'll have more on just how soon you could be getting a $1,400 stimulus check from the government in just a moment. We've got a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti is going to lead off our coverage in Los Angeles. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, Nora. Here in California, nearly one in five people have received at least one dose of the vaccine at sites like this one. The CDC is prioritizing overweight and obese people because they are more likely to get significantly sick. Meanwhile, there is a lot of concern tonight. Some states are reopening too fast. Tonight, there may be trouble in Texas. The state set to reopen tomorrow. All businesses, including restaurants, able to operate at 100% capacity. No more six people in the store waiting in a line outside. So silly. Done. But it comes as the Houston Health Department issues this warning. The highly contagious UK variant has been found at 31 of the city's 39 wastewater treatment plants. There is a fairly large amount of the U.K. variant in our community, and it is spreading. Texas ranks 47th out of 50 for vaccinations in percent of population that's received at least one dose. I worry we're in for the perfect storm. Um, We're lifting restrictions, the B117 variants here in a big way, and we're lagging behind vaccinations. None of that is good news. It sounds like what you're saying is it's dangerous at this point. I don't quite understand the urgency to lift restrictions. Businesses and schools in Texas are still allowed to require masks, but one school district outside of Houston has already voted to make them optional. It just doesn't make sense to cover our faces and not be able to breathe. Here in California, just two months ago, L.A. hospitals were at a breaking point with patients in the hallways and no ICU beds. Now, L.A. County hospitalizations are down 86 percent and average new cases have plummeted 92 percent. Masks are still mandatory in the Golden State. This Uber driver who asked his passengers to comply was assaulted and coughed on in San Francisco. Police are investigating. But tonight, there is optimism for better days ahead as the vaccine rolls out and sleeves roll up. It's been a year, and and, uh, it's just nice to see light at the end of the tunnel. And the CDC is confirming women make up nearly 80 percent of those who are experiencing side effects from the vaccine. Most of those cases are mild. And Nora, it's important to point out doctors stressing tonight, everyone still needs to get vaccinated. That's a good point. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. And tonight, Britain's Queen Elizabeth has broken her silence on the allegations of racism within the palace made by her grandson, Prince Harry, and his wife, Meghan. The statement was carefully worded on an issue that has rattled the royal family. CBS's Holly Williams reports from London. 
Buckingham Palace has finally responded, nearly two days after Harry and Meghan's incendiary interview aired in the US. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning, said the palace, a direct reference to Meghan's damaging allegation that at least one royal family member raised concerns about what colour their son's skin would be. If he were to brown, that that would be a problem. Are you saying that? I wasn't able to follow up with why, but that if that's the assumption you're making, I think that feels like a pretty safe one. Oprah said Harry told her it wasn't the Queen or her husband, Prince Philip. While some recollections may vary, they're taken very seriously, said the statement, and will be addressed by the family privately. But this is no normal family, and it's no longer a private matter. Over 12 million people watched the interview when it aired on television here last night in a country of around 70 million. The tabloid papers, as usual, lambasted Meghan and Harry today. But others in this multicultural nation have told us the racism they described is widespread. I think it's really unfair the way she was treated, but it represents how a lot of black people are treated. So, Will the palace's attempt at damage control be enough? They probably hope that it will give the public some reassurance that they're not just going to brush it under the carpet. The Queen's statement is just 61 words in response to a two-hour-long interview and some extraordinary accusations. One of many still unanswered questions is who in the royal family is alleged to have made the comments about skin colour. Nora. The Queen saying she is saddened. Holly Williams, thank you. Now to breaking news from the FBI, which has just released new video of a suspect wanted for placing two pipe bombs not far from the Capitol the night before it was stormed by that angry mob. CBS's Jeff Begay's is outside Republican headquarters where one of the pipe bombs was found. And Jeff, what are we learning? Well, nowhere investigators believe the suspect planted those two viable pipe bombs on January 5th. Now, check out this new security camera video. It shows the suspect who's hooded walking in the alley behind Republican committee headquarters, also on a neighborhood street as a man walks by. You can also see the individual sitting on a bench near Democratic committee headquarters where one of the devices was found. Now, investigators are hoping that all this new video leads to tips and they're offering a $100,000 reward for information. Nora. Jeff Pegues, thank you. Tonight, House Democrats are just hours away from pushing through one of the largest direct cash infusions to Americans. The nearly $2 trillion COVID relief bill is the first item on tomorrow's agenda. CBS's Chris Van Cleve has more on who's getting the money. Sarah Mealy is among the roughly 40 percent of Americans who say they're still feeling the financial impact of the coronavirus. Not able to work for months, Mealy was only able to make about $20,000 cleaning homes in Texas last year. She spent her savings trying to weather the pandemic. But things are tight right now. Mealy, a single mother, and her nine-year-old are poised to get $1,400 stimulus checks and see their child tax credit grow by about $1,000. It'll definitely help me at least for the next two to four months, for sure, in a very big way. Tonight, the 600-plus page COVID relief bill is back in the House, and it is expected to pass tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Likely without any Republican support. We are going to be saddled with a burden, a spending burden, 
and a tax burden uh, that is really uh, indefensible. Democrats say the child tax credit, up to 3600 per child, will help lift nearly 10 million children above or closer to the poverty line. For Sarah Mealy, it could be a bit of breathing room. But the credit disappears from the tax code after this year. Getting something out of the code is oftentimes harder than getting something in the code. What we did is unlikely to go away. Renewing that tax credit will face Congress just as it's entering an election year. Now, as for those stimulus checks, the White House says they should go out by the end of the month. But unlike the Trump administration, they will not bear the president's name. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Today, the highly anticipated murder trial of fired Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin began with jury selection. It won't be an easy process finding impartial jurors in a city deeply impacted by the image of George Floyd's last moments. CBS's Jamie Ucas reports tonight from Minneapolis. You have been summoned as potential jurors. In the jury selection started a day late, so lawyers so, wasted little time. I want to make sure that what you would apply would be the Minneapolis Police Department's standards versus your personal experience being trained in jujitsu. You would do that? I would do that. The dismissal of minority potential jurors drew an objection from the prosecution. The defense has made its preparatory challenge now on its second person of color in the jury pool. The streets were calmer after hundreds marched around the courthouse Monday. But in a city that has seen violence surge since George Floyd's death, including a 14-year-old who was killed last night, many young people feel trapped between the violence and the police that patrol the community. I feel like I, I'm hunted. 17-year-old Marcus Hunter lives with that threat every day. When you go to bed, what do you hear in the neighborhood? Constant gunfire. Have you felt targeted by police in the past? Yes. In what way? Every encounter that I've had with the police has been unpleasant. He's written two editorials for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, trying to explain how he sees what's happening and what's at stake in the trial downtown. I compare a lot of myself to, to George Floyd and, and uh, Michael Brown and Trayvon Martin and those who have died to police brutality. And to me, it means it means it means change. There were three jurors selected today, including a woman related to a rural Minnesota police officer. Jury selection will continue tomorrow, despite prosecutors saying that the judge doesn't have jurisdiction over the case as they await a ruling on a lesser murder charge. Nora? Jamie Ukas, thank you. Tonight, we're revisiting some of the predictions that were made a year ago, just before the COVID outbreak forced the nation to lock down. We spoke then to a professor of epidemiology at Harvard. CBS's Jim Axelrod revisits the health expert again tonight to talk about his projections for the next year. If the images from a year ago shocked, stunned, and brought the country to its knees, then Harvard epidemiologist Mark Lipsitch has a new picture to paint about COVID. It won't be gone, but I think we'll be in a much more normal place in the fall. A striking contrast to the dire projection he made this time last year. 200 million adults, 40% becoming infected, yeah. So 80 million is a people. lot of people, yes. Turns out he was right. The CDC estimates at least 83.1 million Americans have been infected so far. How did the United States do compared to the rest of the developed world? It's on the worse end. Compare the U.S. to Pacific Rim countries that took unified, intense control measures early 
and didn't argue about masks, distancing, and testing. And the lesson there is that aggressive early action will reduce the intensity of the spread. I think that's the lesson, and I think the, that action requires this national, very focused leadership. We really do hold our own fate in our hands. Not that he's sounding the all clear, not with variants lurking. I think the variants are concerning. It appears that immunity to severe disease probably is more robust than immunity to infection. And so the hope is that vaccines will still be good at protecting us against severe disease and death. If the vaccines really are as protective against transmission as we hope, it's going to be like flu. But it's not something that changes our lives as a society. Which, after the last year, is the kind of projection we can live with much more easily. Jim Axelrod, CBS News, Cambridge. And some sad news to report. We learned today that former CBS News correspondent and anchor Roger Mudd has died of kidney failure. He reported on some of the biggest stories of his time and often filled in for Walter Cronkite right here on the CBS Evening News. Mudd was in the anchor chair for the 1963 March on Washington. Here at the Lincoln Memorial, the site uh, is almost something uh, no Washingtonian has beheld before. As you look down the Mudd also interviewed Senator Robert F. Kennedy in 1968, just minutes before he was shot by an assassin. Eleven years later, Mudd's simple question to Senator Ted Kennedy, why do you want to be president, caught the candidate off guard and may have cost the youngest Kennedy brother the Democratic nomination. Mudd later went on to anchor and report at NBC News and PBS before retiring in 2004. Roger Mudd, a giant of journalism, was 93 years old. An update tonight on the Hawaiian Islands, which remain under a flash flood watch. The north coast of Maui got more than a foot of rain since Monday, and the rain isn't expected to let up until tomorrow. One neighborhood was evacuated over fears that a dam could be breached. Two bridges were damaged, and at least six homes were destroyed. All right, important warning tonight as a panel of medical experts is seeking to nearly double the number of Americans who have yearly CT scans to screen for lung cancer. Now, these new guidelines lower the age for the start of screening from 55 to 50 years. And for those pack-a-day smokers, screening should start after 20 years, not 30. The panel believes this will lead to more African-Americans and women getting screened and ultimately save lives. All right. The fearless girl statue outside the New York Stock Exchange took on a new look for International Women's Day on Monday. The bronze statue was surrounded by shards of broken glass, a tribute to women who've broken the metaphorical glass ceiling by taking leadership roles in politics and in business. It's often said age is just a number, and there's no better example than an officer in southern Arkansas. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. He drives around in an unmarked police car, but everyone right. in Camden, Arkansas, knows his name. Hey! 91-year-old L.C. Buckshot Smith is the oldest police officer in the state. He moves a little slower now, but he still walks the beat of his hometown four days a week. How y'all doing? What makes you a good police officer, even at 91? This badge and gun... Don't make you a police officer. Hello, Mr. Bookshop. You got to respect people. He earned his popularity by working more than four decades for the Washita County Sheriff. That's him in the photo holding the shotgun. 
After 46 years as a deputy, he retired for only five months. I don't hunt. I don't fish. So in his 80s, he became a rookie Camden cop. He carries a firearm, but he doesn't have to use it. He knows your mama and he knew your grandmother. So he has the authority to speak into our lives. How many people do you think you've arrested in your career? Oh, I've taken more people's home and I risk taking the jail. Officer Smith says he'll retire when the good Lord tells him to. Until then, Buckshot plans to keep rolling and patrolling. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Camden, Arkansas. May we all be rolling and patrolling at 91 years old in our own professions and way. Tomorrow on the CBS Evening News, our series, Women and the Pandemic, why moms feel forced to choose between work and caring for their children. It's all part of the She session. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Stay positive, test negative. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.